the Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police the arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder... Greed is a powerful feeling, one that can make even the most unsuspecting person into a monster. On October 2nd, 1973, a woman lost her husband to a mysterious illness, then lost another man close to her, another and another. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Blanche Kaiser Taylor Moore was born on February 17, 1933 to Flonnie Blanche and Parker Davis Kaiser. As the story goes, Parker, a mill worker, ordained Baptist minister, and notorious womanizer, forced his daughter into sex work to pay for his drinking and gambling habit. In May of 1952, Blanche, in an effort to escape her father's abuse, married a man named James Napoleon Taylor a veteran and furniture restorer, and together they had a child in 1953 and in 1959. Just after the birth of her first daughter, Blanche began working at a Burlington, North Carolina Kroger as a cashier, and by 1959 had been promoted to head cashier, the highest available job for a female employee within the company at the time. While she seemed to be excelling career-wise, Back at home, Blanche found herself in quite a similar predicament as before. Her husband, like her father, was a heavy-handed gambler who lost more than he won and always came back with lies and excuses when asked about where all their money went. Blanche, fed up, retaliated with a series of affairs. One of which, beginning in 1962, was with a man named Raymond Reed. The 27 year old husband, father, and manager of her store. In September of 1966, Blanche, for one reason or another, decided to try and reconcile with her father. Soon after her arrival back into his life, Parker Davis's health started to decline, and not leaving his side, Blanche stayed with him while his stomach cramped, he suffered from severe diarrhea, and began vomiting constantly. Assuming his worsening condition came from a heart attack triggered by his chronic emphysema, doctors overlooked all of the symptoms. He died a few months later. Two years passed, and in 1968, Blanche's husband James suffered from a heart attack himself, and surviving the ordeal, turned over a new leaf and, in her own words, became the perfect husband and father. Despite the turnaround, however, Blanche continued her affair. It was around this time that her mother-in-law, 
Isla Taylor, became bedridden, and after a few months under the constant care of her son's wife, she passed away on November 25, 1970. Her death was attributed to natural causes, despite the fact that her eyeballs had turned a shade of cobalt blue and undigested arsenic was found in her stomach. In 1971, Raymond Reed left his family and began renting a small apartment so that he could be with Blanche. Each and every day, she would go to her lover's home and cook him breakfast, claiming he was, quote, helpless without her, and carried on doing so until rumors started to swirl about their affair. Then in 1973, the same year that Raymond finalized his divorce, James Taylor came down with what appeared to be the flu. With symptoms that included diarrhea, swollen glands, a sore throat, hair loss, bloody stool and urine, and painful blisters marring his hands and feet, he was taken to the hospital and, on October 2, 1973, passed away just an hour after his lovely wife came to bring him ice cream. Now dating Raymond openly, Blanche somehow took the modest estate that James left behind and managed to purchase a brand new home in Burlington. With new rumors taking over, claiming that she may have stolen money from work to fund her new life, Raymond started pushing towards marriage for the pair, but Blanche seemed to keep putting it off. Wanting someone better, she set her sights on the other manager. When their flirtations flatlined, Blanche sued him and the Kroger in 1985, claiming sexual assault on the job. Forcing the man to resign, the store settled the case out of court two years later with a payment of $275,000. That's the same year that Blanche's new home mysteriously caught on fire, and blaming a pervert for the blaze, she collected a small bit of fire insurance money and purchased a new mobile home. A month later, blaming the unnamed pervert again, the trailer caught on fire and she collected another check. Now, it was during all of this that Blanche and Raymond's relationship began to sour, and looking for someone better again, she laid her eyes on Reverend Dwight Moore on Easter Sunday in 1985. A handsome 51-year-old divorcee, it wasn't long before the pair started meeting for secret meals. That's because, in addition to still dating Raymond Reed, Blanche, still in the midst of that settlement with Kroger, maintained that she was, quote, completely alienated and antagonistic towards men and has not been able to maintain any meaningful social contacts with the opposite sex. So they dated in secret. And during this time, she casually asked her new boyfriend to procure her some arsenic-based ant killer. Not long after the seemingly harmless purchase, Raymond began growing ill and not wanting to take any chances, Blanche helped him to draw up a new will that named her as the executor beneficiary, and owner of one-third of his estate. Visiting him in the hospital almost daily and always bringing homemade food and milkshakes, Blanche stayed with Raymond Reed until the bitter end. He died in October of 1986 of renal and respiratory failure. At the time, doctors had diagnosed him with Guillain-Barre syndrome. Dodging all requests for an autopsy, despite the wishes of his sons, Blanche arrived at the funeral with Dwight Moore as her escort. She walked away $30,000 richer, plus an additional $45,797 from his sons, who felt their father would want her to have the cash. The Kroger settlement came in a year later, and Blanche went public with her relationship with Dwight. 
The pair began planning a wedding, but in 1987, Blanche herself was diagnosed with breast cancer, and the date was pushed back to November of 1988. That date got pushed back again when Dwight himself developed a mysterious intestinal ailment that required two surgeries. But finally, on April 19, 1989, the pair wed and honeymooned in New Jersey. Within days of their return home, Dwight collapsed to the ground just after eating a fast food sandwich given to him by his new wife. After two days with no improvement, Dwight was taken to the hospital on April 28th, where he took a sudden turn for the worse that just so happened to coincide with his wife's arrival with some handmade soup. Sent home without a diagnosis, Dwight Moore only got sicker and days later was back in the hospital having gained 40 pounds of fluid in just under 24 hours. Though he was close to death, Blanche told the Reverend's family that he was just in the hospital for some simple tests and neglected to tell them that one such screen ordered by the physicians at North Carolina Memorial Hospital after Blanche mentioned working with herbicide in their gardens came back on May 13th saying that Dwight's body contained 25 times the lethal dose of arsenic, enough to kill a full-grown moose. With answers finally in hand, Dwight Moore remarkably survived his harrowing ordeal, but even decades later, had lasting side effects like tremors in his hands and weakness in his legs. For the first time since her father mysteriously died, Blanche Kaiser Taylor Moore had been caught. The North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation and police were quickly notified by the hospital. And when interviewed from his hospital bed, Dwight casually mentioned that a former boyfriend of Blanche's, Raymond Reed, had died from Guillain-Barre syndrome, an illness that presents very similar symptoms to the arsenic poisoning that he had suffered from. They began an investigation and learned that Blanche had made many attempts to change her new husband's pension in order to make herself the principal beneficiary, and with those puzzle pieces now in hand, officials decided that they needed to exhume the bodies of James Taylor, Raymond Reed, and Parker Davis Kaiser. All three showed elevated signs of arsenic. Brought in for an interview, Blanche claimed that both Dwight Moore and Raymond Reed were depressed before their death and illness, and suggested that they poison themselves. But not falling for her lies, they soon realized that she was still sleeping with Raymond, an affair, when she began dating Dwight. Sure, she was responsible. On July 18, 1980, Blanche Taylor Moore was arrested and charged with the first-degree murder of Raymond Reed and James Taylor, as well as the assault with a deadly weapon for the poisoning of Dwight Moore. With the other charges later dropped, she was sentenced to death for Raymond's murder. At the moment, Blanche remains inside the North Carolina Correctional Institution for Women and maintains her innocence to this day. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to a terrible thing happened on August 3rd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.